0: Well, Good morning, Browncroft. Good morning. First, I would like to uh, just start off by thanking Pastor Rob uh, for trusting me to speak the heart of God to those who God has entrusted him with. I never take these moments for granted, so thank you so much, Pastor Rob. Also, I would like to acknowledge my Glory House family who have come here this morning to support me. First service, my family was here. So, like my kids and all of them were here. Um, But now my my Glory House family is here. So, thank you guys so much for coming uh, to support me. Well, for the past several weeks, you all have been in a series called Words to Live By. a powerful and simple series of messages that bring people into the simplicity and the power of God's word. I often say it only takes one word from God to radically change your life. To be honest, it was actually one word from God that changed my life forever. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in my dorm rooms at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, and I remember I went to sleep to take a nap, woke up, and the Lord spoke to me and said, "Ashley, I want for you to finish what your grandmother started. It was that sentence alone that radically changed my life. Now, that sentence to you might not mean much, uh, but for me, I knew exactly what it was that God was asking for me to do. See, my grandmother, she uh, spent her life building organizations to place children without families into homes and families. So I knew when he had said that, I knew that he was preparing me and giving me a burden that I would spend the rest of my life bearing. So this morning, my word to live by comes from my favorite Bible uh, Bible character, second to Jesus. Uh, My family at Glory House International, they know who that is. I don't even have to say it. It's Paul. Uh, I love Paul. He was radical. He would preach until people fell asleep. I don't plan to do that to you this morning. Uh, But that meant that the word was just in that man so deeply where he had a lot to say. He carried a heavy conviction. And I just always uh, admire reading his his passages. So today, my my scripture comes from Galatians 6 and 2. But before you read there, I actually want to give you a little bit of context as to what's happening during this time. Uh, During this time, Paul is writing to the region of Galatia. Uh, Because they were perverting the good news of Jesus. They were perverting the gospel by teaching that faith in Jesus alone was not enough. That you had to add to that the observance of the law. So by the time we get to chapter 6, Paul is bringing in the application of his gospel, of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. He's giving them a word to live by. So let's read it. Galatians 6 and 2. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, let me read it in the message version for you who are maybe like me, that like a little extra attitude and and clarity. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore them, saving your critical comments for yourself. Isn't that hard? You might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Bear one another's burdens. We all have burdens. We all have experienced burdens. We all have to face them. They are a part of life. They cannot be escaped. They can't be avoided. And oftentimes, they cannot be prayed away. They must be confronted and tended to. And the person living underneath the burden must be relieved and restored. Now, before I get too far into this sermon, I want to make it very clear that this sermon is for you. All right, sometimes when we're preaching, we're, we're, we're nudging like, I hope my husband's listening. I hope my wife is listening, right? We're thinking about all the people in our life that we're like, man, I wish they, I wish they were here to hear this sermon. This is for them. No, today, this sermon, it's for you. All right? Now, now some of you might be asking, what is a burden? I'm going to give you two, two definitions. The first, burdens are faults of the conscious which oppress the soul. Burdens are faults of the conscious that oppress the soul. We know that our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the New Testament Greek denotes that they are simply the troubles of life. This is why I say if you can't escape them, they're coming. They come, right? So I think we're all on the same playing field. We can say we have experienced a burden, a trouble of life. Now, this is my daughter, Harper. She is three years old. And right now, Harper's favorite thing is this suitcase. Why? I have no idea. It has her favorite Disney princesses on it, and she likes to open up this this suitcase and load it up. I mean, she puts in her tutus, her princess dress, her dolls. She even puts the makeup that I so graciously continue to ask her grandmother to stop putting on her face (laughs) that makes its way to her face. She puts it in her suitcase. And recently we took a family vacation at Hershey Park and Harper thought that she was doing us a favor by packing her own suitcase and loaded it up. And what do you think that her father and I did? We carried it. Why? Because it's important for Harper to come. We want you to bring everything that you feel like represents you. Because the journey would not be the same without Harper. We want to experience every adventure with her. If it means you're bringing all of these colorful tutus, all of this makeup, bring all of your junk. (laughs) Right? Bring it all. And then what do her father and I do? We carry it, but we also pack lighter. We pack lighter so that we have room to help her. Load up the trunk with all of Harper's stuff. And you get a duffel bag, I get a duffel bag. The rest of the trunk belongs to Harper. It is a guarantee that Harper always puts more in her suitcase than she can handle. And this is a perfect depiction of the Christian life. We're all travelers with our own luggage. And here Paul is telling us that we are to bear one another's burdens. We're all traveling with some luggage... Some more than others, but the goal is that we find consistent restoration through each other's love and Christ's love. See, it's not intended that forever we bear Harper's luggage, but that we strengthen her to handle her own. See, here when we're talking about the Christian faith, we're all on a journey, we're all going to the same place, and we all have luggage. Some heavier than others. But guess what? We're only as strong as our, as our weakest family member. So if someone is being overtaken by their burdens, it's our job to alleviate that weight. So I know that we all have burdens. However, here in Galatians 6, Paul is confronting those who are struggling with the heavy burden of sin. And like you and I, he gives us a mission to confront it, and a method on how to deal with it. So today I want to give you four points to understanding burdens and bearing them. The first, sin produces wounds that produce more sin. Sin produces wounds that produce more sin. In this picture, this is Jordan and I, and I had the privilege of baptizing her at our home church in Tulsa. At this time, Jordan um, had been adopted at a very young age, and then she was placed back into foster care after she and her siblings were abused by their adoptive mother. All right? So imagine that. The second chance at a family lets you down and hurts you. So she was placed back into the foster care system, and I met her a few weeks before before she turned 18. At the time, I was working at a youth shelter and I was also overseeing the girls' home that I had started. And Jordan was living at the youth shelter feeling alone, afraid, and very scared as she was approaching her 18th birthday. Why? Because she had nowhere to go. And that was something that deeply burdened and frustrated me. I hated seeing kids aging out of foster care system with no place to go. See, it's... Not just because of her sin. It's not her sin that put her in the situation that she was in. It was because of the adults in her life. Now, I'm not going to go far into Jordan's story, but I will tell you that Jordan's story is wrapped in the sin and the negative choices made by the adults who were supposed to protect her and to provide for her. Our sins never only impact us. In that moment... It might feel like you're the only one suffering because of the sin, but rarely does sin only impact us. Our sins are always communicating something to someone else. In this case, Jordan's parents' sin had communicated to her that she was unwanted, unloved, disposable, and from that sin it created wounds, that developed challenges in Jordan's life that she has only been able to overcome with the help of God and people who were graced to bear her burden with her. My second point is that empathy is the fuel that enables burden bearers to restore. Empathy is the fuel that enables burden bearers to restore. Restoration requires for believers to respond with empathy. You will not be able to restore someone void of empathy. Empathy is saying that I'm going to go down in your mess with you. And I'm going to feel what it is that you feel. I'm going to mourn with you. I'm going to weep with you. I'm going to feel and share in your pain. That's bold to say I'm going to share in your pain. But this is the thing. Paul's not telling us to go down into their mess and stay there with him, right? I call that a pity party, all right? I just told my husband the other day, I don't attend pity parties because I don't want anybody coming to mine, right? If I start having a pity party, somebody better pull me out of it quick. Don't let me stay there, right? It's we're going to go down with you, and while I'm down there, I'm going to speak life to you. There's more than what you're bearing. There's more to life than what you're experiencing. Baby, you are better than this. So I'm going to go down, I'm going to feel, and then I'm going to restore you through, gently restore you through the Word of God. Love is a two-edged sword. It confronts and it comforts. If it's only comforting, well... We don't want that type of love, right? If It's only just making you feel comfortable. But if it's only confronting, then that's not helpful either. So we have two options on how we can respond to burdens. We can respond to burdens like Paul is telling us in Galatians 6 and 2. We can go down into their mess with them, speak life to them, speak the truth of God's word to them, and gently restore them, pulling them back up. Or we can respond like the Pharisees in Matthew 23 and 4 which is to magnify the burden, to point them out, to make them heavier, and then not lift a single finger to move them. Isn't that the worst situation to be in when, like, somebody can tell you everything that's wrong, but they don't have a solution? So you're just going to leave me here? You're going to point out everything that I've done wrong, but you're not going to tell me the truth? You don't have a solution? We have a solution. His name is Jesus. This is why 12 step programs like NA and AA are so powerful because they are made up of recovering addicts who take care of each other. They say, "I know what that feels like. I'm not going to judge you because I was once there." It's it's a program that is literally ran off of the empathy of others. I know what addiction can do to you, but I'm not also going to act like I don't know what it feels like to be in it. We're all we have all been overtaken by sin. Whether you believe it or not, we have all been overtaken by sin. Some internal, right, where we were able to look real good and go out in front of people and nobody could tell. And some sin is, is external. We can tell. People can see it. Maybe, you know, it, because it's overtaking you so much that it starts to kind of seep out and people can see it. But regardless of if it's internal or external, we have all been overtaken by sin. But it was regardless of if we have been overtaken by sin, Jesus can restore us. And what he does is he does it through whichever method fits best for you. This is why I love God, because he doesn't give us a cookie cutter method. The way in which I was restored might not work for you. The way in which you were restored might not be the same method for you. God has created a way, a method for each and every one of us to experience restoration. And one of the things that I love is that it's always in partnership with the Holy Spirit, which is my third point. Bearing each other's burdens puts us in cooperation with the Holy Spirit and aligns our hearts with heaven. It aligns our hearts with heaven. It gives us the best of heaven. If you want to experience a little bit of heaven on earth, bear somebody's burden with them. Release somebody from the sin and the pressure, the, 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 the curse of sin. Love deeply. That's what heaven feels like, deep love. It's like just being overtaken by so much love you don't know what to do with it. We can bring a piece of that here to earth. See, it's when we decide to restore another person that we choose to cooperate and partner with the work of the Holy Spirit. The beautiful thing about God is he gives us one spirit to conquer all. One spirit is the solution to everything. So the Holy Spirit can be working on the heart of the sinner, while the Holy Spirit is also empowering the person who has grace to bear that burden with them. It's not one or, it's both and. I love the Holy Spirit because he does not care about who you are or what you're burdened by, he can work in every situation. My absolute favorite thing about burdens is that they drive us into a deep and intimate place of prayer. If you struggle being consistent in your prayer life, find your burden. It will drive you into a place of prayer. Many times the Lord releases burdens to us through our emotions. This is why I'm very slow to call someone emotional and write them off because the Lord can be communicating to them through their emotion, and maybe they just haven't learned how to tailor that. They haven't learned what to do with that. So many times what happens is we hear something, and then we feel, and then we mourn, and we weep, but it should not stop at our emotions. We should then release those burdens back to God in prayer. I remember there was a time that I was just weeping for one of the girls at the girl's home because it just didn't seem like she was getting it. And the Lord told me, Ashley, I love her way more than you do. Just bring her back to me. Just drop her off. Just put her back in my lap. I love her way more than you. If you were in Flower City, you heard a little bit of my, my testimony. But I remember... I, I um, when I was at Oral Roberts, I went on a missions trip to Brazil, and that last week we went to an orphanage in Brazil. And while we were in that orphanage, like most uh, missionaries, I'm like, Oh, I can't go in here! I can't wait to go in here and just love on these kids and teach them about Jesus and radically change their life. Little did I know, the joke was on me. I was going to go in there, and for four hours, we were there for four hours. I wept for four hours as God was placing this burden for children without families on me. See, it was through my emotions that God was communicating to me what it was that He created me to do. And I'm going to give you a a, a hint here. I believe that we all have one purpose, right? Like the famous, the infamous uh, Christian question is God, what did you create me for? What's my purpose? I'm going to tell you it's to expand the kingdom of God, it's to bring people into our family of faith. Now, we all have separate assignments, we do those differently. You might do it through art. You might do it through music. You might do it through dance. You might do it through nonprofits or the corporate world. Whatever assignment you're on, God has the same purpose for your life. Expand our family. Make sure the family is healthy and bring more into the family. So the Lord wants you to release your burdens and grow your burdens in the place of prayer. So, a burden for you might be the woman who has slipped into sexual sin and and now she's considering an abortion. Go and gently restore. Gently restore. It could be the man that's plagued by addiction. Go and gently restore. It could be the teenager who is struggling to know their identity in Christ. Go and gently restore. That's the answer to gently restore. Gently restoring someone is, it's, gently restoring someone in sin is the most loving action that we commit, and it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, point four, which I think is my favorite. The burden you are assigned to carry can be found in the things that frustrate you the most. Remember, we were just talking about emotions? Frustration is an emotion. If you're frustrated a lot, no, not always. But if you're feeling a consistent frustration towards a certain thing, it could be God speaking to you about what he has created you to do. If you've not picked up on it yet, my burden is for a group of children who are living underneath the burden of their parents' choices. We call them foster children. My assignment is to gently restore children and families while trying my hardest to preserve families. I believe that adoption of foster care is plan B. God's original design is always plan A. Try to preserve the family if you can. Seeing people marginalized and disconnected from community and family, it frustrates me. My heart bleeds when I see children isolated, abused, rejected, especially by those who brought them into the world. So this is Jordan again. Now, (laughs) she's a part of our family forever. Not even a year after getting married, Melvin and I had a conversation. I said, hey, you know, Jordan is doing so good at the girls' home. She has everything that she needs. She's learned to drive. She has everything that she needs for self-sufficiency. However, there's one thing that's missing. (laughs) She still doesn't have a family. And at some point, she's going to need somebody to Walk her down the aisle. She's going to need her mom in the room when she's delivering her first baby. What's going to happen to Jordan in those moments? Self-sufficiency is great, but a family is everything. So I called Jordan and I said, hey, Jordan, I have a question. There's only two rules. The first, you have to understand you cannot hurt my feelings, okay? Your answer won't hurt my feelings. Whatever you say, I promise my feelings will not be hurt you have the opportunity to decline this invitation. I said, the second, you cannot give me an answer right now. You have to think about it for at least a week. But how would you like it if you could move to Rochester and join Melvin and I, be a part of our family forever? (laughs) She broke the rule. (laughs) I mean, ecstatically, yes, 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 no, Jordan, give it a week, think about it. And in that moment, Jordan accepted the invitation to join a family. That's what the gospel is about, you guys. It's about us inviting people into the family of faith and allowing for them to accept the invitation to accept Christ in their heart and to join our family of faith. People come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and experience his love through us responding to one another's burdens When we bear each other's burdens, we literally step outside of ourselves. People thought Melvin and I were crazy. You guys are newlyweds and you're adopting an adult? (laughs) What do you got? You guys barely know each other. You're still working to get to know each other and you're going to invite an adult? I couldn't escape my burden. It followed me. I thought getting married meant that I was going to come here and be a wife and a mother. <laughs> and although I am those things, my burden, it, 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 it traveled. <laughs> and it was still on me. Just like Jesus revealed to me my burden that I'm grace for, the Lord wants to reveal to you your burden that you're assigned to help pull other people from underneath. And here's the thing about responding to the burden that God has graced you for. The more you respond, the deeper the burden grows. The more you respond, the deeper the burden grows, and the stronger God makes your arms to carry it. It was just a simple act of obedience when God first spoke to me in my dorm rooms at ORU that then led me on a missions trip to Brazil, that then led me to come back to the States and start a girls' home. And then even after getting married we brought Jordan to Rochester and gave her a family. And it was through seeing the restoration that that family caused Jordan. It only magnified it more. It said, wow, if, if, if family can do this for her, I want more children to experience a family. Let's amp it up. Let's start the care portal. Let's connect children and families who are isolated and marginalized with people who care and will love them out of their sin. Did you know that you can do that? You can love somebody so deeply, consistently, that the only choice they feel like they have is to respond to God's love. Imagine that. That's what I wanted to do. That is my burden. That's what I live my life for. Love on people until they realize that this has to be something greater than what I'm living. So my charge to you today it's to first identify the burden that you're carrying that could potentially be weighing you down and preventing you from restoring others. We all have them. We all experience them. But my prayer to you today is that you allow for God to work on your heart in such a radical way that you know that you were created for a purpose, and that even the struggles of life won't stop you from inviting others into our family of faith. Then I want you to write down a list of things that frustrate you. Some of your lists are going to be much longer than others. But write down a list of things that frustrate you. And ask God to begin to pull the pieces together to help lighten the burden that he has called you to bear. You might get frustrated when you see people being treated unjustly. You go and gently restore them. You might get frustrated when you see people being led astray by false doctrine then go and gently restore them by preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Like me, you might you might feel burdened when you see children who are constantly grappling with who they are and their identity because of the adults in their life who fail to protect them. Make a decision to go and gently restore. I'm not saying everyone here today is called to foster or adopt. But we're all called to love deeply and radically. In order to fully dedicate your life to being a burden bearer, you must wholly understand one thing. And this one thing is that you, is that there is more to life than the sin that you are bearing. Matter of fact, I want you to actually make that one of your points, that there is more to life than the sin that you are bearing. It's going to be important for you to understand and know that truth because that's your secret sauce. When you go out and you're relieved and you're, you're in that, that mess with someone else, that's the truth that you're going to tell them. You got to believe it for yourself first. There's more to life than the struggle that I'm in. Because that's going to be the truth that you're going to tell someone else. There's more to life than this struggle that's around you. But remember that the Holy Spirit is always at work in the life of the believer. So while he's tugging on the heart of the person that that might be overtaken by sin, he's also going to be working on your heart to give you the strength and the wisdom that you're going to need to walk that person to a place of restoration. Now, I actually believe that a good amount of you in here today actually know what your burden is. Maybe you've spent the last couple of months, maybe the last couple of years, maybe even decades, running from it. You know the sacrifice that it's going to take. You know the emotional tug that it's going to take. But God has been poking at your heart for years. Maybe you feel inadequate or unqualified. But I'm here today to tell you that there is no bigger lie. There's no bigger lie. You are qualified. You are enough. And God wants to radically use you. So today I hope that you make the radical decision. A decision to find your burden and to work with the Holy Spirit to restore those who are being crushed by the heaviness of their struggles. This is going to look different for all of you. But I promise you one thing, that on the other side of that decision, it's a beautiful life of purpose, sacrifice, and restoration. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for being the God that restores. We thank you for being the the God that redeems. We thank you, Father, that you are the God that has beckoned our hearts for years and, and gave us the courage to respond to your love. Now, Father, I thank you that in this moment, God, that you are releasing burdens upon your people. Burdens for the poor. Burdens for the widow and the orphan. Burdens that radically change our lives and pull us out of ourselves into a place where we are able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, God, I thank you that those who might be afraid, God, I thank you that you give them the courage that they need to live the life of godliness. Your word tells us that we have everything that we need to live a life of godliness. Begin to highlight the resources that we have in your kingdom. Father, use our lives, pour us out, fill us up and pour us out again, time and time again. Because all we want to do, Father, is grow our family. To make sure that people that we come in contact with at work and at school collide with the radical love of Jesus Christ that changed our lives forever. We've experienced that love, God. Now give us the courage, the passion, and the zeal to live that out throughout our life. We love you and we honor you, Jesus. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen.